Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Let's welcome our A-Team guest, who's also an A-Team listener, avid A-Teamer, Asanda Molose, PEIP Chief Social Worker. Asanda, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Thank you so much, Pat, and uh, welcome to your listeners tonight. So you are an activator and an, you're active in, uh, you know, all, all over social media platforms. But most importantly, you're a qualified social worker um, with an honors degree. And uh, you are one that is making sure that your community is thriving through your qualification and through your hard work. Talk to us about the project that uh, you are embarking on at PEIP. Yes, said that is correct. I'm an activator, which is a network of young people across South Africa. We populate ideas of development, but moreover and more relevantly to uh, um, our call to your show tonight is, of course, the fact that I've assumed the position of uh, Chief Social Worker for the Prevention and Early Intervention Programs, which run across the Job District Municipality. And uh, that is a work, of course, that is looking at aiding uh, government efforts uh, you find in Dubana, most of the departments actually struggle to carry out, uh, you know, some of the programs that uh, they are mandated to actually carry out. And through this initiative of the prevention and early intervention programs, our social workers are very hard at work in ensuring that uh, they actually do um, come with a supplementary uh, work to actually aid the government in ensuring that there is services that are actually going down to to the people. So let's talk about these services that need to get to the grassroots and how you and your organization are ensuring that. Right. So, I mean, we have, in the Job Club District Municipality, we have about um, four projects, right? Uh, The Job Club District Municipality is, of course, consisting of uh, local municipalities. There is Baku East, where I'm based, and we are running an ECDMD drop-in center, and we've had people that have come in to actually invest. I don't want to use the term donate, invest furniture, uh, previously owned furniture to our program. We are working with the councillors to solicit space right now. Um, we are in, in, in states that, for example, working with a, a project there, which is a Haven's Home, where we are looking at a preservation programs, and we have our social worker working there with caregivers that are actually in the program. And they are looking at uh, the rights of children uh, to parental care and, of course, um, parental care and family care. Most of the time we find that children are neglected. And our aim is, of course, throughout these programs to look at children that are in in risk um, of running into um, being in conflict with the law and, of course, drug and alcohol abuse and all other risks that... Um, uh, South Africa is reading with um, that really threaten the hard-end democratic gains that that, that 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 ensure that we may indeed have social cohesion. We do have a need here, a different um, program that is, of course, Kanya organization. They do a lot of statutory work, um, removing children from um, places of risk where they've been raped. Um, and, and, and placing them in temporary care. And we have also in Alwal North a program, GXD, and that looks at conflict management. It looks at, of course, 
um, what we may call um, uh, what we may call um, universal interventions that include conducting dialogues with communities to establish what the issues are, and of course, through that, have an evidence-based approach to developing programs. It's a lot of programs that you're embarking on and much needed. I'm not going to lie. Much, much needed. But I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself, with these programs that you are executing across uh, the community, I mean, it must be difficult and draining for you and your team to be able to execute all of this across a rural landscape because of, of the distance and um, infrastructure that's sometimes not available and uh, resources sometimes not available. So how do you make it work? Yeah, that is, I was hoping we could get to that question. Our social workers are currently under mental strain because uh, the funding, you have one sole funder currently, with, which is the Department of Social Development, uh, and it's, with its delayed payment, um, this is affecting the work in terms of the administrative functions. We are unable to really um, assess if some of the uh, the work is really happening the way that it should. We are unable to meet. Our team is unable to connect. Um, I'm talking now data and Wi-Fi. And the idea that the, 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 the project is funded by social development uh, and through delayed payments, so this means that the, the team or the social workers, together with um, the community project managers and the caregivers, really are not as motivated as they should to actually perform at their maximum level. And there's also the issue, uh, Asanda, that uh, you know, uh, social work is understaffed because there are a lot of social workers who are not employed and uh, there's much help needed. So the ratio um, is not equal. So how do, how do you guys mitigate that? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's uh, the fact that uh, we are understaffed, I think it's just um, perhaps a media narrative. There are lots of unemployed social workers, um, and many of them actually want work within the department, because the department, you, you also know, or you should know that the department has been the funder for social workers for so many years. But the idea is there's just been a loss of investment through that funding in the sense that many of those social workers get lost through the crags. They believe in their mind that they were supposed to be absorbed by the Department of Social Development. And when this did not happen, when social workers find themselves without employment for the many, for the, for the, for the longest time. Now through this program, there's been an absorption of social workers to ensure that services are being carried out but the idea now is one, the fact that there's only one sole funder which delays its payments, um, this means that social workers either become dis- discouraged and don't do the work, even if they see the need, they, they also, I mean, take their oath back because the idea of being a social worker is that you vow to help, paid or unpaid, but many a times you just feel that the people that should be affected are really unaffected and our social workers really are thinking, oh my goodness, mental health, I cannot do this. I cannot be uh, everything to everyone except, you know, for myself. So you find a lot of people just saying, you know, if people don't see that we also have a life we need um, to make a livelihood and to work to serve others whilst we are also meeting our needs, then they, they just, you know, they become drug there. You know, you sit on the fence and you think, I'm, I'm also not, I'm not coming and leave. 
Mm. You know? mm. A-teamers, we are talking uh, to Asanda Molose, um, who's a social worker for uh, PEIP. She's a chief social worker there. And she's uh, narrating to us the challenges faced by social workers and the industry. However, the great gains, despite the challenges that they have managed to uh, bring to community, especially the community that she's uh, representing in um, uh, the, the Eastern Cape. Call in. Let's talk about what role, you know, significant role that social workers are playing in our communities. And also, how can we support them? Mental health is an issue. Um, late payments, underpay some of them. Um, unemployment. There's so many challenges that social workers are facing. So let's talk about it as A-teamers. You can call in on 011-714-2006 or send an SMS to 41391. WhatsApps go to 0614104107. Asanda, um, okay, so you've got this great pro, uh, program. With yeah. the support that you're receiving, maybe how how impactful have you been and who have you touched? What uh, testimonies can you share with us? Right, to this day, and we started the program in on the 19th of May. And in Barclay, we always started uh, the the dead the court reading campaign, which was, of course, against the backdrop of um, children's literacy rights, as a literacy, a formal literacy mentor, um, and where we are in the Jokak district municipality, there are high levels of um, illiteracy within the district. This is proven against the backdrop of their integrated development plans. So that was our very first registering mark when we got to office in the Jokak district municipality, right? There's been homes where we offer therapeutic programs. So our caregivers would go into the community and actually solicit cases of uh, mothers that neglect children, undocumented kids, um, foreign nationals from the city that have come to South Africa hoping to make a living for themselves. Um, and they really um, um, overlooked the fact that it is every child's right to be at school, whether the child is a foreign national or not. And because they do not have the documentation, have then uh, made the children stay at home. So we've uh, intervened there and we've um, driven um, educational, home-based education. So we go to the homes and we actually educate um, those people about the rights of the child and the rights of the parents to actually ensure that uh, no child should be neglected in that way. So this is where we are in in, 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 Berkeley, in the Isidin Dropping Center. And of course, in Alwan North, we do have I have a, a sophisticated team, you know, I can call it interdisciplinary because my team there is, uh, have people with uh, counseling skills, others have worked in the sexual, uh, sexual um, reproductive um, health space. So, I mean, they are making use of their, um, you know, um, diverse skills to actually reach programs. Others have conducted uh, dialogues in their communities. This is, as example, for example, happened in, in Alwa North, right? So, I mean, other social workers have, have actually have felt that because of the conditions, there's no communication. They've really felt the strain. And I've just thought, man, we don't know what to do with, 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 with what's happening. So many processes in the NPO space are just being neglected. They're given, okay, you'll, you'll be given the certificate, but because the processes are not properly followed up, social workers feel it's very unprofessional for them to be treated in a way that promotes, you know, silent treatment. So many of them have actually um, just 
we, we relegated themselves to just being laid back and saying, we are not going to report unless we are paid. So to this very end, we've made those two two attempts. And we have one, which is doing statutory work in issues. She's, she's really doing uh, incredible work that she has to walk miles and miles on her feet. There are no transportation and relays the fact that you know, she feels unsafe, but they've been able to carry out the work, very committed to this um, to, 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 to this initiative, but discouraged by the fact that uh, the people that they are supposed to elevate the matter to, I'm talking boards that are ineffective in this project, because if reporting to boards, boards also have a role to play in terms of the diversity of people that are in boards. So, I mean, there are ineffective boards, which means that nothing can be right because the board is not just the employer of the people that are in there, but the board is supposed to uh, play oversight but also give direction of where to go. So, I mean, these are the problems that couple these successes that we have made to this very end. Let's go to a voice note from an A-teamer. Dubai Gulego and our lovely guest, Shoshalek. Thank you for bringing up uh, the fact that Social work is an essential service, but so many social workers are unemployed. So this project, uh, I guess they should see to it that they do throw their weight behind unemployed social workers. Hence, they are being overworked. There is much more workload on their shoulders. So they must fully back jobless social workers. Hence, social work is one of the essential services. Good evening, lovely people. Housing from Plantation. All right. Thank you very much for that message, A-teamer. Please, Asanda, weigh in on this. I mean, unemployed social workers, I spoke about it a bit earlier on, being one of the challenges. Um, and uh, I, I know you've elaborated and said your program has managed to absorb some of these social workers despite the challenges. Yeah, they have, but I think out of desperation, really, social workers have taken up this work. But, um, I mean, there are lots of things that are actually not going right in the NPO space itself. And I think um, these are things that speak to the idea of, you know, the neglect to grassroots community work. Because the social workers are not departmental social workers that are absorbed within the department, there's such a neglect. Such great divisions to say they are proper social workers and they are NPO social workers. And because they are NPO social workers, the NPO space is um, imposing, or the, uh, or rather the department is imposing such great neglect towards the, the NPO space, which really speaks to a broader issue around community because these are community projects, right? Social workers come in to work with the people that that started these projects to professionalize the space, but in professionalizing the space, you find that, you know, um, if, if social workers can go for three months without pay, uh, I mean, how can you work? Who can do it? So, I mean, it speaks to the idea that the death of community projects will begin with the neglect from funders to pay funds at the right time. So that work is executed smoothly, administrative functions are performed, and every operation that should be set in place is indeed there. Let's go to another voice note. Hi, Patricia. It's Emma in Pretoria. Uh, Patricia, you know, just a quick one. 
uh, you know the public sector fails because it is not easy for the directors or any immediate boss to fire incompetent people being employed by the government could be a blessing and a curse at the same time because the system that happens you know at the public sector it makes people incompetent because nobody really do care about how you deliver and stuff like that but and people compare with the private sector in the private sector if you do not perform you get fired that's the thing so the government just have to make it easy to fire incompetent people especially at a lower lower level and this is where the problem starts when it comes to service delivery you might be blaming these other high guys and stuff it was it is their problem because as a leader people can be we can blame them because their leader was everything is your fault if you are a leader so just make it easy to fire incompetent people in a public sector and this is a problem that faces the whole of those world but some countries have managed to mitigate this problem well, um, on that note, I'd like us uh, to just get your closing comments, Asanda, and uh, what support you might need from the community. Yeah, no, thank you. I think I found it slightly funny that part of firing, you know. Uh, and I think it is, it is true that people that are not delivering should actually be fired. You find that some of the um, issues that make it hard for this work to actually happen is, of course, the incompetence. Uh, from those people that uh, were running projects. But we cannot drive decisions in the community project by bringing in social workers who are set to professionalize the space by saying, okay, we actually don't need these people. I think the department should also be held accountable for not training you know, um, the people, that, the, the community people that ran the project before the social workers got there. But onto the real issues of um, how we can actually ensure that there's uh, a flow of great housing, uh, you know, mental spaces in, in these MPO spaces. I think what needs to happen is that funding needs to be um, done. At a, a, you can't call people to come and begin work and you have no plan on how to play that. And the, 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 the sending of, of pillar to post, of scapegoating in, in the MPO spaces, that's one thing. I think, too, it needs to be uh, just um, a proper structure, you know, and I'd be willing to propose to uh, the funders what the proper structure is because there are also no structures. You know, if, if you find a dead board or a deadbeat board that you're supposed to, um, you know, report to, this means that then that the, the, the work will never actually get carried out. So I think there needs to be just a, let's scrape the whole thing off. Let's do an overhaul with the whole project and start to um, reimagine it and how it could actually happen. From, from from the direct from the board to the director to the head to the project manager, going straight down to the people that are coordinating it and the people that are supposed to be really executing this type of work. In terms of the funding, I think that uh, you know is something that we really need. And of course, where we are in particular, space. You know, I think space. Space is what we've been really struggling to actually get. And there are very many empty. You know, community um, spaces, yeah. But, you know, sometimes these things are written with political, you know, um, political factions, factions and all of that. So you find that even if your heart is in the right place, you know, they are just politics. People just don't want to give you the space because they just don't want to give you the space. 
And I think these are the, the, the these are the, 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 the struggles that 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 young people who are really talented in this way because I, I won't lie, I have a dynamic team of young people that are columnists with a multiplicity of skill sets. But the idea is you can't you can't cut their hands off by not giving them funding or the space to actually express these programs, programs because they really go out to the community and try to make that difference. And and data. They need data to connect. Those are that, that are in the rural areas, they definitely need to connect. Data. Mm. Mm, I agree. Wi-Fi should be something that is a basic for all South Africans right now, as much as food, water, and electricity is supposed to be a yeah. basic. Because I've had, I've had to connect with, with, with all of them from district level using the library. I have mm. to go to the library to try and connect with them because there, there's not, there's, there's, there has not been a, you know, um, uh, administrative funds that have been repurposed because Projects do have money that's left over from last year. I don't see why or what's wrong with repurposing money to achieve an urgent specific purpose. When the funding comes through, then you can take it from there. It's done all the time. Excellent. I need to end it here. Um, thank you so very much, Asanda, for joining us. And more strength to your bow and uh, your team uh, for the work that you're doing.